Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Lunch Pail Guys' 158th week. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of college football and a little bit of NFL football, National Football League football. And as always, let's start with some news we missed. We've got a smorgasbord of sports news we missed, starting with soccer, the World Cup, group stages are done, and the first elimination round is done. We're on to the quarterfinals. We've got Netherlands against Argentina. England against France, Croatia against Brazil, and Morocco against Portugal. So that should be fun. I think, I think by the way, I'm pretty sure I said Netherlands was going to be the team that surprised people. And I think Spain, I think I picked Spain as the disappointment. Maybe, which maybe that's arguable is not a big disappointment, but... Spain passed the ball over a thousand times today and did not score a single goal, <laughs> I saw, which is insane. Um... It was like 77 to 23% possession, I saw. And they outshot them like... In the teens to like three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Morocco's defense, though, is for real. They haven't given up a goal all tournament, I don't think. Yeah. Or something like that. Or maybe one penalty kick goal. Yeah. For real. Yeah, that was literally it. I feel like was the, the Spain penalty, the one penalty Spain made. Or... No, they made none. none. They missed all oh, they made, oh, they missed all of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy. I feel like yeah. I I'm feel just, like if uh, if France was fully healthy, I feel like they'd be they would run away with this tournament. The fact that they are already kind of are is like <laughs> yeah ri- ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody said they could win the World Cup with a team of injured players they had, like the team of players that were injured for this tournament, which I think is <laughs> mm-hmm. true. Um, that Portugal also seemingly unlocked by benching Ronaldo. They like kind of struggled through the group stages. They benched him for their first knockout game today, and they won six to one over Switzerland. Oh man! Insane. And his like direct replacement had a hat trick, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like oh, the man. guy who they subbed him in for. Oh man! It's really just gone south for him. Well, you know what? That's a wonderful segue because it actually hasn't, because he's set to play in Saudi Arabia next year for a a single year salary of two hundred and seven million dollars. So he can console Wait, all the he's benching. He's playing in Saudi Arabia next year? Yes. What? For, I repeat, $207 million. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I didn't even know they had a soccer league. No, or live lie. golf. Is... Exactly. <laughs> live soccer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Good Good for him, I guess. Yeah. What team does, does Messi, what team does Messi play for now? He plays there for is, PSG. Paris oh, yeah, there, there was that talk about him going to Inter Miami that turned out to be, at least for the moment, was was not true. So he's maybe great not soccer players MLS come to retire the MLS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great retirement home. Yeah. Also, I'm really rooting for Brazil Argentina semifinal would be electric. Maybe the biggest rivalry in world soccer mm. as the semifinal of a World Cup. Crazy. In France, isn't France England a pretty big rivalry too? Oh, huge! Yeah. And you get that in the quarterfinals too, which is awesome. Battle of Waterloo. I need England again. to win because they were my pick. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> also, for all those people that are invested, which I'm sure is not that many people who are listening to this podcast, Aiden is winning the Lunchpail Guys World Cup prediction. 
Yo, I couldn't Boy, figure no. out how to log into it, so I haven't been able to check. <laughs> I keep seeing things being like, I think I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. Aiden has 98 total points and Bart has 96 total points. How it's scored, couldn't tell you. But the, those are the, <laughs> the standings. I totally forgot to check that. <laughs> Anyways, you know what else I usually mm-hmm. totally forget about? The MLB, but there's some news we missed here. <laughs> Some off-season moves. The Mets sign Verlander. The Rangers mm-hmm. sign DeGrom from the Nets. And the Phillies sign Trey Turner. So some big moves already. Yeah. Any thoughts yeah, on those Mets I love Mets that the moves? Mets are just collecting legendary pitchers on like 40-plus million-a-year contracts. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I like the DeGrom contract to the Rangers. was like five years, which I'm a little bit worried about with his recent injury history. So I feel like a two-year contract for Verlander is potentially better also the rangers are just like one of those teams like they feel like the angels here they, yeah. they're spending a ton of money and they're not good and maybe they'll become good but it just feels kind of sad i don't know yeah the phillies on the other hand though made a a offense that almost won a world series without any pitching even better it's kind of crazy that was a great guess so, yeah yeah to go phillies uh, now moving on to the NFL, some injury news. Jimmy G is apparently out for the se- okay out for the season, but apparently could be back for the playoffs. So uh, all the 49ers hype of late is potentially going to go down the drain. You're not 40... telling me Brock Purdy is going <laughs> to yeah the... the 49ers are going to realize that they they got their guy in Brock Purdy and they're going to trade Trey Lance as well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they had their guy Nick Mullen like years ago. I was no. like, I was like, not gonna lie, he's kind of good. He could, he could, he could win games with them. And then he obviously turned out to be bad. But no, Nick, Nick Mullins is on the Vikings now. Allegedly, <laughs> according to trusted source Wikipedia, he's just, so. he's just waiting for Kirk to make a mistake. <laughs> oh my God. Nick Mullins would look pretty good with some ice, you know, with. Taking it from Kirk. <laughs> exactly. By the way, it is not funny if anyone else does it but Kirk Cousins. I've seen other teams do it. Uh, I think they did it for Taylor Heineke. I saw Patrick yeah. Peterson do it. It is not funny if it's not Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. He's just so, yeah. Kirk's a character. Also, in injury news, Lamar Jackson has a sprained PCL, but he's not out for the season. He's just week to week. But, uh, that could spell trouble for the Ravens in the late stages of the season. Also, in quarterback news, Baker Mayfield got released by the Panthers and they got signed by the Rams, who mm-hmm. Stafford is hurt, right? He's on IR he is, yeah. probably for the oh, rest yeah. of the year. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, they should just sit him. Maybe Baker can make it on his third team. <laughs> is it fourth? <laughs> third uh, team. Beat out John Wolford. Is that his name? Yeah. The guy for the Rams? Right. How are there so many backup quarterbacks who I've just I never even knew existed? <laughs> like I don't know, dude. Have we talked no about John Wolford, how perfect but... the job of backup quarterback is in the NFL? Oh, it's amazing. You never have to work anything. Is it you better than hit. fired head coach? Mm. Yes, because you're still getting paid, <laughs> right? I don't know. True. Yeah. Um. Anyways, lastly, the Titans just fired their GM John Robinson, and that's despite them leading the AFC South right now. I see at seven and five, so kind of a weird move, right? Yeah, it's pretty funny given the AJ like <laughs> it happened directly after the AJ Brown just dominated oh, them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's 
<laughs> yeah, my man went off for two touchdowns yeah. and all yeah, that. Well, it Vrabel didn't want to trade him, like, and then they did, yeah. and then like I think AJ Brown has more touchdowns than the entire Titans receiving core combined this year. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. He's been going off this year. Alright, well anyways, <laughs> let's start our, our first actual segment, which is about the college football coaching carousel. The carousel is already spinning round and round. I'm not gonna go over all the coaches who've already been hired or fired because it's a lot but lucas let's let's start with you of the vacancies that have already been filled who do you think is most likely to see success on the level of lincoln riley and who do you think is most likely to flop yeah so i'll start with my successes i have one that i think is like a sure thing and one that i think is like very boomer bust um for the sure thing at least for like some level of you know success i'm gonna go with luke fickle uh who was hired by wisconsin i think it's just like a really good like culture fit and I, I i like i think that sometimes that's overrated but it's like he's used to sort of coaching in the like in the midwest in this type of environment like cold weather teams that can like really like scrap and grind out wins and that's what wisconsin is and that's what he sort of had at cincinnati um he had those excellent excellent defenses when they made the college football playoff last year produced talents like sauce gardner who is now tearing up uh the nfl i think he will fit in great to wisconsin whose identity has long been great defenses really great running attacks and just sort of wear teams down. So I think in terms of his coaching style versus the identity that Wisconsin typically has, I think Luke Fickle um, is a sure thing in Wisconsin to at least return them to the level of success they had maybe five, six years ago when they were consistently competing for Big Ten titles up there in the college football playoff rankings, all that sort of stuff. The boomer bust one, and he was alluded to before, uh, is Deion Sanders. Uh, I think this could go well. He's going to bring in a lot of talent. He has already brought in a lot of talent. He did really well at Jackson State. Um, but I am a little worried. Like, the the him walking into the first players meeting and being like, a bunch you need to hit the transfer portal. I don't know if it's creating the most constructive environment uh, for people <laughs> Can I butt to in grow in. <laughs> yeah. They were 1-11. They, they haven't won anything in, in two decades. <laughs> That team has never been has really never been good. True. No, no, no. That Which team has really true. never been ranked, good. They were that. ranked pretty highly like five years ago. No, they haven't had a well, maybe at the beginning of the season. They haven't <laughs> had a winning season since two thousand four. Last time I checked, it, almost mm. almost our it entire must, life. Maybe I was. Oh. They've been terrible for a long time, and he said that if you're not going to be smart, physical, dedicated, then you can hit the transfer portal. Not just you guys are gone. I'm bringing my guys in, whatever. And mm. you know, a lot of those other. Right. A lot of those other bummy players just, you know, you get get out of there. You guys won 1 in 11 games and if you're now offended because a new coach is coming in and say that we're not going to win one one game next year and you're like, "Okay, I'm out of here." Screw you. Get out. <laughs> also, uh, fair. addendum that Jared is right. They went 10 and 4 in 2016 and that is their only winning season since 2000. 6 years ago. Yeah, see, right. They they were ranked as high as ninth that year. That was six yeah. years ago. Uh, are we are we all on sportsreference.com? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking up. Yeah. yeah um, I mean sorry. I, I was just gonna say who cares how high they were ranked at one point? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Loss that year. Anyway. <laughs> oh, they also lost the Alma Bowl in twenty twenty as well in the COVID year. They haven't won a bowl game since 2004, which is like Notre Dame type four. Yeah, which is, long story short, they've been awful. They've been awful for years. Except for for that one burst in 2016, Jared. I'll give you credit for that. Everything (laughs) else, everything else, they've been bad. 
So he, d- he. I think I think Dion could be a really good hire. I just, yeah, I think he's gonna bring in a lot of talent and it could work out. Mm-hmm. I think I think the problem mm-hmm. is, uh, which I've seen a lot of people mention, is you can't just say like this spot's already taken. The quarterback spot is no quarterback. Like no quarterback recruit is going to try to go to Colorado and try to beat out Deion Sanders' son <laughs> when he just when you just said like that's your starting quarterback. So if he if he hopefully he doesn't, but if he gets hurt, they're gonna have like. They're not gonna have anybody really. I'm I'm assuming. So, well, there all, there will always be backup quarterbacks. You may not have another. No, great yeah, but there's not gonna be but, anybody good. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna name, have somebody that school, just led name, them to Name a school that does have that. Texas, Ohio State. Ohio Denver State's done it. Like, shoot. Are Which one, Notre Lucas? Notre Dame this year. Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, maybe nah, Notre Dame. Not even close. Um, Wait, Ohio State won. Ohio State won a national championship on their third quarterback of that year. Mm-hmm. We also Am get I credit wrong? for the LSU uh, championship because Joe Burrow. Went <laughs> okay. To, mm. yeah, yeah, well, Deion Sanders' son is a four-star recruit. He's not like. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's, I'm, he's I'm a saying good he's quarterback. Good. I'm saying he's good. I'm saying if he gets and, hurt, though, and there are guys out there. There are guys out there who are willing to compete. And not just have an opportunity handed <laughs> to him just because you're it's not vacant. Get, you're not going to even he get a chance. He doesn't know. Really, he said though. he had to earn it. He said he had to earn he it. Was jo- he was joking. He was 100% joking. Okay, but if the, I, I don't believe Dion would play his son over a better quarterback. I think I, I think that would. No, I think. <laughs> Dude, nepotism is a pretty hard, uh, strong current. I'll put it that way. That's, I don't know. Dion, I don't know. Like My dad was a pretty one, tough though, coach. I'm days. not going to like. Little League Baseball, <laughs> you could have told me I was in the MLB back then. He was pretty tough on me. I don't think that I was getting away with anything. Our dad's not Deion Sanders, though. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> Crazy plot a, twist. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really like did a great job at Jackson. He did. Too. No, like, he I, did. I, like, I think that there's nothing like yeah. to indicate. Like, I don't know if he's going to win a national title next year, but I think he's going to be like pretty successful. I'm just surprised that this was the job that he ended up taking or being like... Mm-hmm. I would have imagined that he was either going to get a better offer this year, or already got better offers this year, or would be in waiting for one if he if he wasn't given his success, the runaway success at Jackson State, and the guarantee that you're going to get all these prized recruits that he already recruited to play for him and not the FBS. I don't know. Colorado is potentially the worst Power Five job right now. Right? Well, no, actually. So actually, I I think here's the thing. Maybe he did get better offers, and he and he deliberately chose this. Colorado. I think uh, Aiden, it might be one of the worst jobs. I think there is a worse job. Anybody want to take a guess on what I what I think is the worst job in college football? Nebraska. Nebraska. No, that's a good guess. That's maybe like third worst, second worst. I think it's Auburn. Auburn. I think Auburn yeah, is I, the well, worst job I, in the country, really? and that's that was my that's most likely to flop. Into my oh, that, yeah, that's, I'm sorry, I, yeah. you haven't even said yes. yours yet. Go ahead. Yes, no, I was gonna say that's a perfect segue into my my most likely to flop, which is Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Yeah. Um, there are obvious concerns here. Like the last time he had an SEC job, he he cheated. They had to vacate a bunch of wins. Like, did we just forget that happened? And like, people are like, oh well, he's beaten Saban, which like okay, but they were never even that great. They were never even that great at Ole Miss. He had he only they were only finished ranked twice in his time there, and he only had one ten win season at Liberty. They were eight and four, eight and five the last two years. Like I don't understand this higher in the slightest. It's like why not take a a chance on like a trendy coordinator? Why pick a guy who like destroyed the last program he was like like I mean I guess Liberty wasn't the last program he was at, but like the the program he was at the last SEC program he was at. 
Like, I, I don't get it. I agree. I'm I'm in total agreement, Lucas. No, but back to Dion real quick though. I think it was kind of <laughs> smart actually to take Colorado because because a lot of um, it's way better than trying to compete in the SEC for your first FBS job. I think I think like Colorado, like all right, go compete in the Pac-12 for a little bit. Like the only conference that would be potentially better, I think, would be the ACC. That's like the only easier conference. The Big Twelve is like about the same. Big Ten, you know, that's a little tougher. I definitely I think it's smart that he didn't take an SEC job. And with USC and UCLA leaving, it's even more open exactly. for a team it's to open. take over and and do that. Even if Oregon is always going to be a highly touted location, if Washington is is going to be pretty decent, Utah has proven to be really good over the last couple of years. But at the very least, like I think Deion Sanders is Dabo Sweeney, and obviously Deion has far more. Um, cachet I guess you know being so early being the most influential NFL player um, being like the really NFL's like first superstar like he has far more swag and credibility amongst younger people and people who care about like the show um, than mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney does but Dabo Sweeney is like the same type of type of personality and influence um, and I think that he's like Dabo like Dabo can walk into a house and charm somebody and get people it's a big deal if Dabo reaches out to you and sends you a text and it's a big deal now if Dion does it as well because Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest players ever play. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. right now, like, have you have we ever seen this many five-star recruits try to make their way, like, reach out to a program, a new hire program? Mm-hmm. Like, they might have eight players on each side of the ball that are five-star recruits via the transfer portal or via coming out of high school, you know? I don't know about that many. Is, is that – I it's, don't think it's that I, many, it's a is hyperbole. it? I'm, I'm – Okay, I'm saying. Yeah, I think I'm, the only I think the five star recruit was like a 2025 guy or something too, wasn't he? <laughs> but there are guys mm-hmm. in the transfer portal too. Yeah, plenty of four and five star guys. Not that many five stars. Nine players from Alabama have entered the transfer portal as well. Like mm-hmm. there, there, are, there are talented teams and talented players that will find their way to Colorado. And I, you know, I bet you they're not going to win just one game next year. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I am very curious though as to how much we can realistically expect out of them in year one or two. Like they're gonna get a huge influx, but they are starting from such a low point here. I don't know. Take away four ring, four wins from what USC did this year. There's a Colorado cap. But I feel like USC was still like before this had like probably somewhat high recruiting classes compared to what Colorado was. I understand that he's gonna like get a ton of guys from the transfer portal, but. I bet there are going to be plenty of Colorado guys who are already there who we can't force to leave, right? I mean, a lot of them have scholarships. Uh, he can, you know, give them as many scary talks as he wants, but there's a lot of slots already filled. There's also you like can... 15 players in that meeting. It's not like there was a. It's not Did like that all... room was not yeah. full. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> that. Yeah, I think there seems like there are plenty of open spots if that is a room of players coming back. Well, I think it, like last season, I think Colorado was the team with the most players leaving, and that was even before that. Yeah. That being said, he's gonna leave after three seasons. Let's be honest. Any coach that (laughs) goes Pac-12 tradition doesn't. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, Dan Laney. Dan Laney's gonna leave the year before, and then Deion Sanders will leave that next year. I'm calling it for the open Auburn job. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Kalen DeBoer at Washington is gonna run that conference. That's my prediction. Who? Can we quantify that and book it? I, I'm. I will book. Actually, no. I need to see what Washington does in the transfer portal. I'm not going to book. <laughs> Quarterback saying a book that they're going to run that conference. Is Pena, is, is Michael Penix starting or staying? He's staying. Yeah, he's staying. Yeah. He's staying. All right, yeah. I'll book it right now. Then they're winning the Pac-12 next year. Ooh. I'm booking Arizona State. 
<laughs> no, I actually think Arizona State they're gonna do pretty well. They got Oregon's OC. I mean, how well is pretty well for for a team? Better like than that? her so, six better wins, than like five seven wins. <laughs> the Pac twelve they all beat each other. Like that's that's the thing. Is Dion's gonna in this next year? He's gonna get a good win against over Washington, Oregon, or Utah at some point. I'm calling it. Um, let's talk very briefly about remaining openings. If anybody has any thoughts at the time of this recording, Stanford's still open. Uh, Louisville is still open. There are some other smaller ones. Does anybody think that there's any strong candidates that are out there right now that desperately deserve a job? Me. I find it funny for Louisville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny that Louisville, it seemed like their coach was kind of on the hot seat ish or had been on and off this year. And now he's gone. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Yeah, upgraded the team so, they're playing yeah. in the bowl games bizarre <laughs> they said i saw something that said the entire history yeah. of the fenway bowl 2020 game canceled 2021 game canceled 2022 coach of one team leaves for coach of the other team like, it's will he be stop. on the other team's sideline or what yeah. he might be in the box or something mm-hmm. i don't know yeah yeah louisville's coach went 25 and 24 i saw <laughs> and cincinnati was like that's our guy well, it's weird because the, the rumors ahead of that were that Cincinnati was looking at two Mac coaches who both like went, they were looking at Buffalo's coach who went six and six and Kent State's coach who went five and seven, I think is now left for Colorado to be offensive coordinator. But just like, I feel like Tennessee is undershooting here. You're better than that. They're literally about to enter the big 12. Scott Frost. He's out there. You can take a yeah, you can take a flyer on him. I don't know. You should put Scott Frost and Hugh Freeze next to each other. It'd be cool. It'd be a cool game. Or cool coaching staff. I wanted to nominate Matt Rule as a flop candidate. Not mm. sold on it at all. No, you mentioned Scott Frost. Anyways, you know who's not a flop? The Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes matchups. <laughs> Definitely a who. Um, we know that Josh Allen gets a lot of credit for going toe to toe with Mahomes. Uh Once. but well, they've had a few epic games. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he, gets, him he, twice. Gets, he gets most of the credit for that one playoff game that he lost. Right, yeah. Well, yes. It was poetically unjust. But Joe Burrow is actually the only young quarterback, in quotes, that has actually bested Mahomes in the playoffs. So, Wyatt, what is your take on this? Are we wrong about Josh Allen? Is Joe Burrow's the actual Mahomes rival? Yes. And the problem with us recording, we're recording on Tuesday, so... Every show in America has already kind of thrown out this take. Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in this league. Uh, a lot of lists kind of disrespected him and put Josh Allen and Justin Herbert above. Joe Burrow is the only one who can look Patrick Mahomes in the eye and tell him, I own you. And, and this game doesn't really change my opinion of Mahomes. I think he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And there are things that Mahomes can do physically that no other quarterback can really do, even Josh Allen. Uh, flashback to the diving throw on a dot in the end zone in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. One of the greatest throws I've ever seen. It was obvious. It hit Tyreek. Hit Tyreek Hill in the face mask. It would have been, it would have been the like greatest complete like touchdown pass of all time. But yeah, diving away, um, he on a dot, just kind of hovering above the ground. Mahomes' ability to capture spectacular is his most magical attribute, and the way that he can twist and spin and run and extend plays and still be able to throw it across his body six yards down the field is. is Head scratching and electric at the same time, um, but but part of my research for this segment was I was rewatching the AFC Championship game. I rewatched their matchup earlier last season in Week 17, and of course I rewatched some clips from the Sunday showdown 
one of Joe Burrow's best qualities uh, against Mahomes is that he gets the gotta have it moments, and Patrick Mahomes does that well, does that well as as well. But uh, p- opposing teams should be equally scared of leaving time on the clock for Joe Burrow to manufacture drive as they do for Patrick Mahomes, because the way that he's able to put his team in a position to win is it's like it's like Tom Brady you know you give Tom Brady in, in the two minute drill he's gonna find a way to make it work the Bengals were seven out of 11 or 63 percent on third down this last game third first downs are more important than touchdowns because you always find a way to extend the drives the Kansas City Chiefs are the best first down team in the league um, and they they have been over the last couple of years and that's why they're so great is because they can always keep the drive going but Joe Burrow had a fantastic play on third and 11 kind of a got to have it after a weird sack on second down where he just kind of throws a dart into but I think T Higgins was the receiver obviously setting up for the win and including this game might have been a lot different if Tyler Boyd didn't drop that that perfect rainbow pass uh, in the end zone as well but I think mainly what this is is a product of his rapport with wide receivers similar to Mahomes rapport with Kelsey and previously Tyreek Hill he clearly trusts them uh, and he puts the ball in a position for them to excel at their strength and keep away from the opposing DBs. If a DB is coming downhill from the inside, Burrow lays it in the chest or lower and outside. If a DB is undercutting an outbreaking route, uh, Burrow is going to lay it high and away. And or if it's a jump ball for T. Higgins especially, he launches it high and above where only Higgins can go up and get it. And it doesn't flash, uh, but Joe Burrow has put together gutsy, dire, and prolific drives against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I think... What we love the most about these matchups for me and what would make this is a true rivalry is that neither quarterback actually turned the ball over in this game. If not for Travis Kelsey's fumble, the Chiefs might have actually won. And, you know, like I said, the Chiefs were the best third down team. Joe Burrow was 63%. Absolutely fantastic. So they got to max. You got to be almost perfect to win these games. And that's what makes it fun. And Joe Burrow, I think, is pretty perfect, if you ask me, when it comes to the way that he puts his team in a position to win. Yeah, I was very taken aback by how many darts and like I know that PFF has a metric for like throws into tight windows or whatever. I don't know what the number was in this game, but Joe Burrow was exceptional. It's like I saw people commenting about how like, oh, wow, once the bagels O-line is decent, we see again how good Burrow is. Mm -hmm. It was it was Mm -hmm. fantastic to watch that game. And and I feel like he plays to his wide receiver strengths really well. And it's it's his rapport with. Jamar Chase is super unique because they were in college together. He tears his ACL. They get a chance to be able to draft him really high. Kind of one of those magical, like, storybook things. But he he puts his wide receivers, and he trusts their ability, and he does the things that make them great. And I think that that's a huge quality that, that doesn't really show up um, if you're not watching the game. Um, it doesn't show up on a stat sheet. It doesn't show up on a highlight reel. Really what you look at, you go, look how good Jamar Chase is. But what Joe Burrow really is. And also, surprisingly good runner. I, 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 I kind of forget how good he, of a runner he was. Every time he took off, I was like, wow. He kind of got a little bit of juice to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, pretty much every quarterback like is athletic nowadays. At least if they're like born in 1995 or later. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> whenever Josh Allen and Mahomes were born. I feel like every quarterback past that, like you don't see like the Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger's anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mac Jones. Yeah, that's true. He's younger Bailey than us too. Also, a part of my research was going back and looking at Brady and Manning, and in, in some of their matchups. And I didn't watch any of the games, but I was looking at some of the uh, the wins and losses in the matchups. They met five times in the AFC Championship, which I think is going to be 
a thing that happens a handful of times for for Burrow or Mahomes over the course of the next ten years that they'll they'll see each other a bunch of times. Manning won three of those of five matchups. Brady won nine of twelve in the regular season. So I expect Mahomes to get Burrow back and fire up a rivalry even more as time goes on, where they kind of one person. I think Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs will make the Super Bowl this year. They might face the Bengals. They might not, depending on where the bracket lines up. And you know, it could be one of those things where. He finally gets back, and the next year they do it again. I saw a funny comment somewhere saying that it's not much of a rivalry until Mahomes actually <laughs> beats Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also wanted to ask briefly about Jalen Hurts because we talk a lot about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert as the young quarterbacks, but do you all think, especially after how this season has been going, is Jalen Hurts, does he belong in that same conversation now? Yeah, for sure. No. He needs, he needs to do it for a couple seasons, I think. I think he's more of a compelling case than Herbert does at this point, truthfully. Uh, it's debatable. Yeah, what's the debate case? Debate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, debate it. Tell me. Why not? What's your case, Lucas? I think this year, singularly, has been more impressive than any year Justin Herbert has ever had. Yeah, but if you look at careers, yeah, you're right. But if you look at their career numbers, it's the opposite. Justin Herbert is objectively the better quarterback. <laughs> So, but Jalen Hurts didn't like it to come in until like later in his first year, and like I think it's like Herbert's been the guy since day one, yeah, and he... now that they're both sort of now that they're both sort of at the same level, like they're both clearly the guy. Hurts is outperforming Herbert. That's my argument. You have Tua in the same boat, Lucas. Yeah, I I I don't know if he's better than Herbert at this point, but I he's not better than I'm Herbert. Sort of... That's the worst take circulating the internet right now is that. Well, Tua finally has proven that he should have been the first quarterback taken off the board. He's having a far better season for sure. But if you just watch the underthread deep ball to Tyreek Hill, just watch how many times (laughs) they have to stop and look back and catch it. And it's not saying he's not good. This team can definitely thrive with Tua as a quarterback with the way that they're built. But I think one of the biggest things and issues I have about young quarterback talk is that we use the term franchise quarterback as like, Will, are they young and would they start for a team? A franchise quarterback is a guy you would pay big, like you would, like I would make you one of the three highest paid quarterbacks or players at your position, right? And then, of course, paying a quarterback that kind of money handicaps your team down the road. I would trust that you could pay Herbert, uh, the uh, uh, one of the three highest paid positions, players at that position. You say you lose Keenan Allen and then you got to go and find a guy in the draft, and then Herbert would still put up similar numbers would be successful. I believe that Jalen Hurts is in that category as well. Right now, you could prove to me that he you could pay him and let's say they lost a talented player in, in some position they couldn't keep a tight end, right? Cuz obviously AJ's is on contract for a while. They'd make it work. But you know what I'm saying? Like I think you could find a way to kind of that he could will his team to win. Tua, if they did that and they couldn't keep a guy, I don't know what that team looks like without all of the weapons that they have right now. If Tua has to be the guy to will his team to win, I don't know about that. Anyways, that's going to do it for us with this episode. Uh, as usual, like, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and follow us on all our social media platforms at lunchpillguys underscore, and we'll see you next week.